Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. I'm glad you found your way here. And of course, if you're not a newcomer, please know how much I appreciate and value you. It means a lot that you spend this time with me each week. Now, it's been a while since I've had a guest episode, so I have a little treat for you. Today, I'm joined by Stephanie Corey to tackle this topic of donor relationships. Stephanie is the perfect person for this topic. She has dedicated her entire career to the nonprofit sector. She's worn many hats, which you will hear her speak of when she shares who she is and what she does. She currently splits her time between being a consultant and her role as adjunct faculty for Villanova University. She has been designated as a chartered advisor in philanthropy from the American College of Financial Services, and she is also a certified fundraising executive. She is currently president of the Association of Fundraising Professionals, Brandywine Chapter, and she is a past president of the Junior League of Wilmington, Delaware. She is truly passionate about strengthening the nonprofit sector, and I think you're going to enjoy meeting her. After my conversation with Stephanie, I'll pop back on to share three ways that you can show a little love to your donors, because after all, yesterday was Valentine's Day here in the U.S., so we might as well weave some love into things here on the podcast too, right? Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you could join me today. Thank you so much for having me. So why don't we start where I always do with our special guests and share who you are and who you help. Well, I'm Stephanie Corey. I am the principal of Stephanie Corey Consulting. I work with a lot of different nonprofits, primarily 501c3s, as well as some C4 and some C6 membership and professional organizations. I'm also the current president of the Association of Fundraising Professionals, AFP for short, Randy Wine Chapter, and a sustaining member and past president of the Junior League of Wilmington, Delaware. Wow, so you've really seen membership and fundraising from a variety of different angles. I have been a fundraiser. I've been the member. I have been a consultant. I have not actually been a staff member for an membership organization. That's the only hat I have anymore. Awesome. 
Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you today is because we have a week coming up where our theme is going to be around um, fundraising and building a care points around people who donate to our organizations. And I noticed that you had some fundraising experience. So can you tell us, like from your perspective, why is it important to work on the relationships with people who are participating in fundraising, even when you're not specifically in a fundraising campaign? Well, a lot of people liken fundraising to sales, and I hate that because when I think of sales, I think of transactions, and that's not what it's about with donors. It's really about that relationship and more than just even thanking someone for a gift, but going above and beyond that and making sure that they're engaged with your organization that they know their gift was a good decision. So that way, in a sense, they're happy with you when you'd like to approach them for another gift because donor retention is so important in our sector. So just like when I talk about members being on a journey with an organization, donors are also on their own journey. It's not a single point in time. Exactly. And some donors are happy to make a gift, be thanked, and sit back and, and wait. Others prefer a more personal approach, high touch. And I found that you can always learn this when you reach out. Do you get a call back? Do you have a conversation? How open are they to deepening that relationship? So from your perspective, if there's an organization that they haven't really been doing a lot to nurture a more ongoing relationship with their donors, where's a great place for them to start? I would say to start immediately <laughs> and a great place is with a thank you or just reaching out and saying, you know what? We appreciate your support. I'd love to get to know more about you. What prompted your gift? What about our organization speaks to you and inviting that contact? I know when I had a position at a retirement community a few years ago, I was new and I reached out to all the donors and some were great and wanted to meet others like, no, that's okay. Unless you need to for a quota. And it's not about a quota. Hopefully there's not a fundraiser out there who's told, okay, well, you have to meet with this many people, whether they want to or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that as a starting point, kind of scanning your database and finding out who's given a gift recently and then asking them why they why they connected with the organization and what it is that prompted their gift. That is a great place to start. And that feels to me like it's um, it's less scary <laughs> to reach out to someone who's already made a donation rather than thinking that you have to go out and connect with like brand new people and have more of that sales hat on with a cold audience that has never donated before. It's also a great way to do some market research to find out how the different donors your organization has came to you, what initiatives you have that they're interested in. And it's something that you can also engage volunteers in. Board members are great for doing that type of outreach. Absolutely. So from the organizations that you've worked with around this topic, 
Are there, you know, themes or, you know, commonalities that you would say the organizations that are doing a great job in this arena, are there certain things that you find that they're always doing or things that you have recommended that they all do? Stewardship is really important. A lot of people that are new to fundraising think it's all about asking for money. And that's such a small portion of it. Because once you have someone make a donation, you have to make sure that they're engaged and the goal is to deepen that relationship and ultimately have them make more gifts and larger gifts. And I know sometimes it can be challenging for organizations if they receive a lot of one-off gifts, such as tribute gifts or memorial gifts. Those can be harder donors to retain. Oh, sure. Sure. So of the organizations that you work with, and you don't have to name any names, but maybe you can talk about a couple of examples of organizations that you think have been really successful in building relationships with donors and the kinds of things that they've done that you think have made them effective? Well, simple thank you calls are such an effective way to really keep donors engaged and deepen that relationship. And some organizations, that's something that happens immediately after the gift. Someone gets an email that a gift has been made and boom, they make that call. Others have done annual thank-a-thons where they've engaged board members, maybe even service recipients, staff outside of the development function to make those thank you calls. And a lot of research indicates that the sooner someone gets a thank you, the better. There's some really interesting research on that, but a thank you is better than no thank you. And certainly the more you can reach out to someone, the better, because communication is critical and people don't always see every message or communication you send them. Can you tell us a little bit about that concept of a thank you That's intriguing. Yeah, uh, it's sort of the like, like a phone-a-thon concept. Although I know people are probably cringing when they, they hear phone-a-thon. Essentially, some organizations call every donor. Others do it for donors that meet a certain threshold with their giving. And simply with a, a donor database, just exporting that data and having volunteers, board members, other staff come in. And it's best to be calling from the organization for caller ID purposes, but you can certainly have others call from their their cell phones or their home phones if anyone has one other than me. And you just tell them, okay, this is Bob Smith. Bob Smith made a gift in December for our scholarship program. And it's really helpful to give people a script and make sure they have talking points for common questions donors might ask. And also I would recommend maybe a rating scale for that caller's assessment of how interested the donor was, as well as an opportunity to say, oh, would you be interested in learning more? Would you like to come for a tour? And figuring out what those calls to action might be. And in reality, a lot of it is leaving voicemail. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. A lot of people nowadays don't answer their phone when strange numbers call. I'm the only one that does and half the time it's, would you like to renew your car warranty? <laughs> I think that's a pretty common problem. Okay, so if an organization would like to dive deeper into this topic and really build their build their 
fundraising journey for their donors. Where do you suggest that they um, look for information, find resources? Where are some, some good places we can point them? The Association of Fundraising Professionals has great resources. The global website is a F is in fundraising, P is in professional, global.org. There are free resources available to everyone, and there are additional opportunities for members to learn more. And there are many uh, chapters across the world, actually, for in-person sessions, whether that's virtual or actually in-person, as well as a lot of state nonprofit associations have a lot of programming related to fundraising also. And Stephanie, how do you work with clients and where can people connect with you? Oh, well, people can connect with me at Stephanie Corey, C-O-R-Y, no E, <laughs> dot com. I'm also on LinkedIn with that same name. And I'm happy to talk to anyone that reaches out to help them find resources that work for them or if they were interested in talking further with me to see if, if that would be a fit. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for contributing some ideas to this topic. Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Joy here, back with a few thoughts about this week's episode. When we consider the relationships that are important to a member organization, donor relationships are pretty high on the priority list. Actually, there are a lot of relationships that are important your members, your board, committee chairs, volunteers, your staff, your contractors, community leaders. The list goes on and on, doesn't it? But those are topics for another day. Today, we're focusing on donors and your relationship with donors. Now, when I say donors, I mean the term in a very broad sense. You may call them supporters, partners, contributors, or even sponsors. But no matter what you label them, they are people and organizations that contribute financially to your cause at a level that is greater than the value of goods or services that you're providing to them. Like members, donors are also on a journey with your organization. There is a point at which they learn you exist. That's the discovery stage. They explore whether your mission and programs are aligned with their giving priorities. That is contemplation. They take action through whatever mechanism you have set up. Activation. They get a first impression based on how you respond to their gift. That is onboarding. They choose whether they will be involved with you after making the initial gift. That's your stages of early engagement and extended engagement. And then they decide whether they will give again. So you have pre-renewal and post-renewal the exact same stages that you have in your membership journey. Now, even if organizations have strategically planned out the member journey, very few have done the same for their donor relationships. Instead, interactions with donors can feel transactional. There's an ask followed by a donation receipt, which gets repeated the next time you need a sponsor or when the annual giving campaign rolls around. Today, I'd like to give you three ways that you can show your donors some love that go beyond the thank you receipt. Way number one is to do what you say you're going to do. 
When you asked your donor for their gift, you likely told them that you were going to do something important and that their gift mattered. So show them that this was true. Oh, sure, they could go to your website or follow you on social media because you probably do post things there. But it is so much more meaningful when they hear about impact in a way that feels more personalized to them. This can be as simple as sending an email with a summary of how their gift was used or a personalized letter sharing those details. With Journey Care, my clients have some tools available like text messaging and automated voicemail drops that can feel very special when done right. The point is to demonstrate to donors that their gift didn't just go into an amorphous bucket of funds. Instead, they actually made an impact and you want them to know about it. The second way that you can show your donors some love that goes beyond the thank you receipt is to spend quality time together. Constantly asking for more donations can feel kind of icky. Like your donor is only seen as a checkbook for your organization. So offer them ways to get involved that are not financial. If you're not sure what your donors would want to be involved in, simply ask. There's nothing wrong with being conversational around this. Something like, you seem to be interested in the work that we're doing. I was wondering if there's any particular reason why our work resonates with you. Would you possibly want to get involved in some way? And then simply listen to what they have to say. It's completely possible that they may not want to do more than write a check, and that's okay too. Think about it like when your friends are going to some event. Maybe they know that this particular event isn't typically something that you'd go to, or maybe they know that you're super busy with work, but doesn't it feel better to be invited than to be left out? The same principle applies to your donor relationships because, well, people are people. (laughs) We all like to be invited. So the third way that you can show donors a little love beyond the thank you receipt is by being a good communicator. When all you do for your donor is send them a thank you receipt, it's like giving your loved one a Valentine's Day card and then ignoring them for the entire rest of the year. That's certainly no way to build up warm and fuzzy feelings about your relationship. You can use software like JourneyCare to keep track of your donor information and to pre-plan communications that happen all year round, making it easy to stay in touch and personalize your messages. What sorts of things might you communicate about? Success stories, impact planning, upcoming events, you could have donor-generated content, or talk about new donor benefits. Those are all things that donors might be interested in. And when you invite their participation in the communication, donor relationships start feeling more like a two-way conversation than a transaction. So there you have it. Three ways that you can show some love to your donors that go beyond the thank you receipt. I'd love to hear what you do to build your relationships with the people who financially contribute to your work outside of the people who pay you membership dues, because membership dues are wonderful, but so are contributions from other stakeholders. 
Now, if you haven't yet explored how journey care can help you build stronger relationships with members, donors, volunteers, all those people who are important to your organization, let's have a conversation. In just 30 minutes, I'm confident that I can show you some opportunities that you're missing to attract, engage, and retain the people who are important to your work. You can hop directly into my calendar by going to joyofmembership.com slash consult. There you will see days and times that are available and you can make an appointment instantly. So that's what I have to share with you this week. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Stephanie and that this kind of gets you thinking about some things that you can do beyond the thank you receipt. I'll be back with you in seven days. In the meantime, take care. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech, joyofmembership.com slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.